Hey everyone, welcome back. Um, I am excited for our next conversation as we wrap up this series called Perspectives. And as we've kind of been saying through this series, our hope with it is to essentially follow the great command of Jesus to love God and love our neighbor better. And part of love means that we listen. Part of love means that we understand and empathize. And so we hope this series has given you a bit of a window into perhaps a life or perspective that you otherwise wouldn't see. And I think that can be a powerful help to our lives, our hearts, our relationships with others, and helping us to love better. And so today we're going to kind of dive into at least what is in our country somewhat of a contentious conversation. Um, and that is the topic of race and racism. And so what we're going to do today is I first want to start with you, those of you who are watching. And I want to invite you for the next uh, half hour or so to um, just kind of stop and take a little self-awareness uh, and kind of push all your preconceived notions and stereotypes and ideas to the side and just be, as James said, be slow to speak and quick to listen and to understand and hear and, and hopefully maybe even have some insight into, like I said, some perspectives that may not necessarily be true that you have or some perspectives that you need to affirm and be more encouraged by and strengthened by. And so uh, hopefully, prayerfully, to hear and learn and love better from this conversation. So how this is going to go is I have two wonderful people here with me today. Uh, I have Keisha and I have DJ, and both of them are from Infused Church. And we have had uh, a couple of conversations leading up to this. In fact, this has kind of been a multi-month uh, hope and project to come to this moment of conversation. And so we're here today. And so before we jump into this, um, this topic, I'd uh, just love for you to both introduce yourselves, uh, maybe tell us what you do as your day job, and then um, tell us how long you've been at Infuse Church. My name is Keisha Fields. I have been with Infuse for over a year. Uh, I work for Johnson County as an inclusion and Ex equity specialist. Awesome. Cool. DJ? I'm Dr. Morgan Toynbo. Um, I go by DJ. I was born in Nigeria and raised for a few years there before moving to the United States. Um, I've moved. I li I've lived in Iowa now for about four and a half years, and um, I'm an electrical engineer. I work um, at, out of Cedar Rapids uh, for a consulting firm, and I've been with Infuse for a little over a year as well. Awesome. Uh, well, I think a little backstory. At least this is my perspective. Um, that I just kind of wanted to put out there because I think this may be some of the perspectives of the people who are watching this um, as a white person. Um, and that being um, that we don't, for obvious reasons, see a problem. We don't necessarily see and experience on a day-to-day -day basis um, racism um, and feeling excluded because of the color of our skin um, and then sometimes I think, especially lately, maybe we look at things that are on the TV and um, since we don't see the problem, um, we also look at the TV and what's happening in our country and protests, et cetera, and we just kind of scratch our heads. Um, and maybe that's not the people watching right now, um, but I definitely think there's a part of me, I would say, that sometimes we'll look at that and say, well, what's going on there? What's really driving that? And is this a real problem? And so I just kind of wanted to open to you uh, to, um, to ask, you know, why do you think that is? Why do you think 
Um, what are the causes behind some of the disconnect between a group of people and African-Americans specifically saying there's a problem and then other people saying, I don't think there's a problem and you're making a mountain out of a molehill, so to speak. So whoever wants to start off with that one. Um, I think it's because it's not affecting you specifically. So it's kind of hard to see a problem if it's not affecting you like directly. I like to put in an analogy of like you're in this bubble, you know, and if anything comes to your bubble and threatens your bubble, then you're like, oh, you know, I notice you. But if it's not in your realm or in your bubble, then it's really hard to see outside of that bubble. Um, and I see for myself, I, I don't have a bubble. <laughs> like my bubble is, ex I'm exposed to everything. So I see everything a little bit more clearer than those that live in this bubble. And it's, this is a safe space for me. Mm. DJ, do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I was kind of look, I was going to look at it as like, from my own perspective, um, especially because I wasn't born here, um, mm. coming from Nigeria where everyone is black, you know, sure. race is not the issue. Um, until I got to the United States, until I came to this country, I didn't, you know, it didn't, it wasn't in my mind, you know, but from being in college and everything is just for me anyway, maybe it's just hard to not see it from my own perspective, especially after coming here. Um, it's difficult not to see it. It's like, it's pretty much everywhere in terms of like how it, again, looking for me as a Nigerian looking in, it's like, why are black people being treated a little differently? than other races or and then white people and also like the way i'm treated um especially coming to iowa where it's overwhelmingly white you know i can walk into a room and just like you can see like faces kind of tense up like okay i don't how am i gonna how do i talk to this person that's kind of like the way i read the faces mm -hmm. like how do i talk to this person or why is this person here mm. you know and they don't say it but then you can just you can see like from how they were before they saw me to how they kind of you know tense up so that's in my experiences so far yeah so you're saying um especially and i think this is kind of a unique perspective is you grew up part of your life a short part of your life in a country where skin color was not a thing because everybody was the same and mm -hmm. then you come to a country where it's not all the same. In fact, yeah. now you're the minority. Yeah. And you're saying, even when I walk into a room, even maybe in a workplace um, as an engineer, and you just, you know, people are like a little frown, like, mm -hmm. what, what do you, why are you here? Mm -hmm. That's what you've experienced. Yeah. I mean, not just with work. I'm just, yeah, work is an example. Not, not, I'm not saying like they're tense for me or tense that I'm, in the room when when it comes to work i'm just saying like in a general setting sure. where no one is expecting i guess in iowa to see a oh, black person yeah. and then i walk in mm. and then they're like do i say hi uh -huh. um how do i say hi you know it's like that's the kind of expressions that i'm reading on people's faces right so yeah. and, and you're sitting there saying thinking I'm a yeah. human being. Yeah, like, exactly. You say hi. Yeah, just, yeah. you know, hey, what's up? You know, how you yeah. doing? Yeah, hey, yeah. How, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Keisha, you got some experiences. Um, 
I think we'll just come into Iowa, <laughs> just the experience of coming to Iowa. Um, it's just out of people's norm because, again, it's not in their bubble. It's not in their their comfort zone mm. to be around people that are different than them. So if you're used to seeing, you know, all white people, you know, and then you see someone that's different than that, you do tense up. You do like, do I act differently? You know, you start to and then you go off of what you know about that color or the person that's different. And that usually stems from stuff that you see on TV, you know, or do you see in social media and it's not really grasping that this person is a human being and I got to step away from those stereotypes and get to know this individual. Sure. Sure. I think um, maybe at one point you used the example of um, in one of our conversations, uh, you feel like you're a museum piece. Do you remember that? Yes. And I think most of that was because of my hair. Could you explain that for us? Yeah, <laughs> okay. Well, well that's hair. good. Yeah. Can, can you explain, expound on that a little bit? Uh, I, I have big hair. Like, I have hair that's, you know, stands out amongst the crowd. And I've had issues, I don't want to say issues, but just situations where people are staring and gawking at me. And... That's weird. That's uncomfortable. You know, I understand which is like if you you think my hair is beautiful, then tell me my hair is beautiful. Mm. Instead of like, look at that. Can I touch it? Like, I am not a museum piece. I am not a work of art, you know. Um just just treat me like a human being instead of like I'm some specimen that needs to be observed and picked and poked and prodded at. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, why would you just not come up and say, "Hey, beautiful hair." Yeah. You know, but it's different because to somebody you look different yeah i guess what what do you see um you know there's terms like um systemic racism or you know obviously you've had um, some of your own experiences but um i guess in the broader picture you know i think there's even disagreement about does that exist um i guess how would you respond what would you say to someone um if they're like asking hey what is, is this really something that is continuously experienced where does this come from what does that look like for you you can jump in keisha <laughs> dj will process <laughs> yeah i'm still processing that question. <laughs> okay sorry sorry <laughs> um it's hard to to show something that's so ingrained into laws into to the way of life yeah. so if you can't actually see it it's hard to comprehend so you know, the example that you gave in, in like walking into a grocery store, if someone just would open their eyes a little bit more and be like, okay, let me observe the situation. You know, I see someone black coming into the store, you know, and I'm white and I'm standing out looking at, you know, these chips, you know, because I'm a health nut and I want to see the ingredients in these chips. But if I see someone also doing the same thing and they're a person of color and I see that the, the person that's the register is looking at that individual, I'm like, why are they looking at the individual, you know, and I'm doing the same thing. Yeah. It's just being observant to that and just be like, there's stuff that's ingrained in our way of life that we just be like, well, we don't see it. It's like, open your eyes and you'll see it. Yeah. And you'll be like, oh, then I'll be like an aha moment of like, what else am I not seeing? Sure. You know? Sure. Now, and, but, and to that point, cause I think, um, some of the response, um, to that, that example of, um, in a uh, grocery store that you just gave. Uh, I think, uh, I'll just speak from my own experience. Um, and we talked about this a little bit uh, beforehand, um, but I, I grew up in a community um, that had, uh, for Iowa, a uh, reasonably sized population of African-Americans. 
And um, also disproportionately, that group, um, uh, African-Americans would often end up on the front page of the paper or in high school. You know, you just, you'd walk into the, the high school men's bathroom and there would be a drug deal going down um, and it would be African-Americans. And so, uh, and, and it was always the same names too. Like I just grew up and you, you would just see the last name and you're like, oh, yep, that makes sense. It's a different first name, but the same last name. And, um, and so from that, um, you know, I, I think for me personally, even my skepticism or that contrast in the grocery store of what are they going to do with that comes from that experience. Um, and so, so, and I, I think I shared this and we're going to give this as a resource for people if they want to check it out later. MIT does this, um, implicit bias. Um, uh, I guess it's like a resource, but it's assessment too. And, and I took this assessment and it essentially gauges how biased you are towards people of different colors. And I far and above, um, would, uh, found, uh, a correlation between African-Americans and guns versus a white person and gun. In other words, I distrusted an African-American with a gun versus a, a white person with a gun. Um, and so I don't, you know, I'm in, obviously implicitly biased um, and border, I don't know, racist in a way. And so I guess, how do we, what do you do about that? Um, and because I would hope that everybody at home would go and take this little assessment to just have a kind of a personal assessment of where they are in this. But how do you not do that, I guess? How do you not, I mean, is it unreasonable to have my experiences and then put that on other people? Or what would you say in response to that? I mean, I could probably preach a sermon on it, but <laughs> I'll let you guys talk about it. <laughs> I think if, um, if you see something that happens to someone of uh, uh, some group of like a race that or a group that you don't identify with, I'm not going to even say race, but just if you see something happens to someone of a race, of a group that you don't identify with, how how do you feel about it? Like, does it, do you find excuses for why it happened? Do you say, oh, um, something happened to, let's say something happened to someone. Do you, do you, do you see like an excuse like, oh, why didn't they do this? Why didn't they, why didn't they do that? Why didn't they raise their hands? Why didn't they listen? Why didn't they obey? Or do you, do you not even feel anything at all? Mm. You know? Like you can be honest with yourself. Something maybe someone died, or someone was killed in an unfair manner. Do you find excuses for it happening, or do you say, "Oh, it doesn't matter"? You know, you don't have anything. That to me is implicit bias. That's hmm. well, where there's no, you don't have any, um, you don't identify, or you don't have any, nothing talks at you when something negative happens to a group that you are not part of. Oh, okay. Compassion or yeah. empathy or, yeah, yeah curiosity yeah. even. Yeah. Okay. So you're saying when you see um, uh, some of these um, images and stories that we've seen on the television, do you, do you, inside, do you feel like, uh, do, do you feel, well, they got what they deserve? Do you feel nothing or do you feel sad? Do you mm -hmm. feel heartbroken? By it, do you hope that something could have gone different there? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, there's yeah, there's exactly. a spectrum, yeah. and on the I feel nothing, and I or I maybe they got what they deserved. 
that's more of what you would say is that that's bias. That's I'll say that's a version. Like we all a have version. our and we all have our own biases. You oh know? sure, of course. So yeah, yeah. if you're honest with yourself mm. to know what you are feeling when you hear some kind of negative news about another group, yeah, be honest with yourself. How do you feel about it? Yeah. And if you feel like you have something or don't feel anything, then you know where your bias your bias lies. But we all have our own biases. Gotcha. Being aware of that. Sure. Keisha, you want to jump on that? Yeah. Um, kind of going off what DJ said, um, in ways in how you could kind of invert those unconscious bias ways of thinking. So I don't say implicit bias, I say unconscious because okay. you're unconscious to what you're doing, but it's embedded sure. in your brain in, in a sense where you're acting it out, unint- like just naturally acting yeah, it out. Yeah, the frown or whatever yeah. that DJ, as simple as just a frown or why are you here? Yeah. Yeah. So just getting off of into the stereotypes that you have about certain different groups of people, you know, um, instead of like saying like, well, what about black on black crime? You know, what other positive things have you noticed in a black community? Mm. Can you dig a deeper into Mm. that so that you can be like, well, it's not always just black on black crime. There's good things that are happening in the black community too. Do you research that? Do you look at that? Do you see that on a regular basis? Because if you're not seeing that, then you're only seeing the negative sides instead of everything else that that might be prominent or happening in those communities Mm -hmm. or in those groups. You're in your bubble. You're in your bubble. Mm. You're in your bubble. Yeah. Ultimately, what you're saying is... um, do you have relationships that go beyond the television or social media with African-Americans or with someone of a different race or ethnicity uh, or group even? Um, because if you don't, you may be in your bubble. <laughs> you probably are in a bit of a bubble, yeah. right? I mean, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Before we move on to, I just want to, because I think these are important realities is um, I think like you kind of said, I think DJ maybe at the start is we kind of think that, uh, or may, I would just, I'll speak somewhat for not that I represent all white people by any stretch, but you know, that we think, yeah, we have uh, amendments that have said slavery is illegal, that kind of thing, or all men are created equal. Um, but even recently, I mean, there is many things that are, um, that are systemic, that are racist, um, still, um, I was uh, reading a book that I also um, put up there as an opportunity for people to kind of dive deeper, um, and um, it talks about lynching, and that, um, and I think we have a newspaper article um, from a newspaper uh, from about a hundred years ago, and um, and I think we'll try to put the slide up for the people at home, but um, yeah, perfect, there it is, yeah, uh, and. Um, there's a, an African-American individual named John and he's going to be lynched by the Ellisville mob at five o'clock for some apparent crime, not because he was convicted by a jury of his peers, not because there was actual evidence of committing a crime, literally everybody and thousands, tens of thousands of people would show up to see these mobs lynch African-Americans because of oppression. I mean, it, it was no, there was no criminal, there was no jury of your peers, there was no rights read. It just was because you were black and you were going to be oppressed. Um, and this is not just one. I mean, there are hundreds and hundreds of articles about this. And I was reading um, as, as a statistic, 4,742 African-Americans 
you know, incrementally week after week. I mean, it was slow. It was not just one moment from 1882 through 1968. 1968. My parents were alive in 1968. My grandparents were alive in 1968, were lynched. Um, and not because they actually committed a crime, but because they were black. And I want to add something that just popped in my head. I've seen pictures of those, some pictures of something like that, yeah. right? And what I saw in some of those pictures when a black person is being lynched is like you'd see a, fam a man, or let's say, watching, and on his he's carrying oh, his yeah. kid on his neck. Yep. I'm like, this kid is like two, three years old, yeah. and he's seeing that. Yeah. You know, so then you're educating your child and yeah. this kind of thing. So fine, that two-year-old might not lynch, might not have lynched anyone from 1968 right. till now, but it's in there mm. still. And you're having people that are still alive that have seen those kind of things. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a great point. The people who, there are hundreds, probably thousands of people who are alive today. It, this is not past. This is who are alive today who were present even as children at lynchings growing up. It just makes me think about like the situation with George Floyd and seeing someone that looks this, that's the same color as you and you have all these comments of he deserved it. And, mm. you know, like, it's just like, wow. Like, but if there was someone else in his situation that if he was white, would you say the same thing or do you like due process of law? You know, why can't he get due process of law? You know, just because he's because he's a black man. It 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 just shows it's just like, do you not care about the lives of the people here? You yeah. know, and it's just disheartening because it is basically saying like history just continuously repeating itself. Yeah. Well, and but I think that goes back to the ultimate point of unless you are aware that this is something that is in you, that is um, a feeling that you have a sense that you have and where that's coming from. I mean, you don't see it as that you see it or you will describe it or articulate it as, well, that was a criminal. And so they got justice, but that's exactly the same verbiage that was used at lynchings is they, a, a, a woman would accuse an African-American of a crime and then they would be lynched. Um, no, no due process. Um, and that's, I think what we, especially as Jesus followers, <laughs> um, we, that is not love. That is not justice. Um, that is not forgiveness and mercy and grace and kindness in the things that should define uh, who we are as Jesus followers. Um, so we, we, have to, um, we have to talk about it. Um, and I hope that people who are watching this will maybe more inclined to have conversations with friends and, uh, of, of different ethnicities and colors and, and to, um, to be their friend ultimately. Yeah. I mean, how far would that go of just, just being someone's friend? I think, I think you've even said that a couple of times, Keisha is like, just be my friend. Yeah. Just get to know me. I'm pretty great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Humble. Yeah, <laughs> humble, but pretty great. And great, yes, okay. <laughs> so I guess I'm curious, um, how many, I'll, I'll just say, I'll speak for all white people, even though I don't speak for all white people. Um, how many uh, white people 
have ever called you up or sat down with you and just asked you about your experiences and hoped to understand. Um, and in so doing, I hope um, with the motive of, of loving you better, because I think from a Christian perspective, at least how I see, you know, Jesus living out a love was when he saw someone who was hurting or was broken, who was sick, who was being mistreated, <laughs> men, women, I mean, all people, um, he would be there, right? He would ask, he would help. And so um, regardless, I think, of what you may, for those who are listening, you may feel about even the topic of racism and their thoughts on it, like there's hurting people. And as Christians, we don't necessarily get to question entirely how, why you're hurting. I mean, we can, but ultimately we just need to be there to love you and listen. And so, yeah, how many friends, uh, one, two, five, ten, have ever reached out to talk about this? Keisha, how many? Um, I had to reach out to my friends. You had to reach out to your friends? Yeah. Um, people that I really thought were my friends. I had to reach out to them and that kind of hurt me, you know, to say that I'm, that hurt. I'm hurt, I'm hurt, <clears throat> you know? Um, and then it also brought up the, just the conversation. It was like, I felt like you don't really even know all of me, you mm. know? Um, and maybe I should, I, I hide part of me from you because you, I just feel like you can't understand. Or if I brought up the situ- the, the topic to you, you become defensive and you uh, don't listen. Mm. Yeah. But I had to bring it up to friends and yeah. that hurt. I was very, I was upset. I was yeah. angry. It was yeah. like, you don't, you don't realize that I'm hurting. You know, when I'm always there for you, I reach out to you knowing if you're hurting or something is going on in your life, but you couldn't return that back to me. Mm. Like that's a card for me. Yeah. I'm sorry. That, that 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 would be that would be. Yeah. Period. TJ. Um, I have I have had conversations with two. Two two. Two. One two. Yeah. Okay. Um both of them former coworkers where okay. I used to work before. What what um what are things that people can do? How how do how do we approach that conversation? How do we do that respectfully and and well? Um thoughts i guess don't come up to me wanting to get information up to how i'm feeling in regards to like certain hot topics of race Mm. um i need like just for you to be genuine and want to get to know me you know um instead of like well how does it feel to be black like no like (laughs) like generally once you get to know me and you know starting off from there you know, it's all about comfortability. If I'm not comfortable talking to you about mm. this and I'm not going to talk to you about it, but if I feel like you're genuine and you really want to know like how I am as a person, how I am everyday life, then those conversations will happen naturally, you know, instead of being forced. Mm. For sure. DJ? Um, I think on top of that, I think it's a matter of being genuinely, um, wanting to learn like trying to push yourself out of your comfort zone um there are a lot of good resources out there if you want to i mean i can suggest 
podcast. I, I listen to podcasts all the time. Yeah. Um, is, what are some resources <laughs> that, that you have found to be um, insightful or helpful? One specific one. I, I was just talking, telling Keisha, there's one I would suggest if anybody, I mean, it's going to be challenging because it's going to be very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But if you are, are curious, there's one called Scene on Radio is the name of the podcast. Scene on yeah. Radio. Yeah. So Scene being S-C-E-N-E. -E. Okay, it's like out like, of a movie. Like a movie, yeah. Yep. Scene on Radio. And Season 2, I believe, is Scene White is the name of the podcast. Okay. And if you, it's about 10, 11 podcasts, I think. And if you take your time and listen to it, it will talk about race in general, where the idea of whiteness mm -hmm. comes from. Mm. And all that. I mean, this goes back, you know, centuries. Mm -hmm. So that's a good educational podcast, I think. Sure. Yeah. And I would, the United Way of Des Moines just wrapped up the 21 Day Equity Challenge. And um, the great thing about this challenge is that each day they provide you with some type of education about a different topic of discussion. So you just, it's rather videos, um, articles, or podcasts. And it is a challenge because you're, you're doing it for 21 days and you have to do something every 21 days. So it doesn't mean that you need to look through all of the resources. It may just be, I'm just going to watch this video. But um, I went through it and it was an eye opener for me as well. And, and it is a challenge, you know, to do 21 days of reading or educating yourself. But after it, you're just, you're exposed and your mind is so open to so many different things that you weren't even aware of. Okay, so you're saying, uh, it's, so do you just Google that, 21 Day Equity yeah, Challenge, pretty much? Yeah, you, okay. you, you can Google 21 Day Equity Challenge, but I uh, can give, provide you with a link to okay. the Des Moines, United Way of Des Moines oh, one. Oh, okay. So okay. you can do the challenge on your own. Through the United Way. Yeah. Okay, okay, great, awesome. Um, a couple of resources uh, that we've talked about um, in our meetings and um, are, um, well, the first one is the MIT um, uh, Implicit Bias. And um, we'll put the link, obviously, in the chat and that kind of thing. Uh, but we'll also put it up on the screen for everybody. And you can um, take this assessment on a number of topics. But the one you're looking for is specifically on the topic of, uh, of race and ethnicity and, and difference. Um, yeah, implicit.harvard.edu slash implicit. Um, and you'll see it's pretty straightforward. You can't really take it and sit, convince yourself that you're not implicitly biased. Like, it's like... Uh, it's it's pretty clear. <laughs> um, and then uh, the other two books, um, one I haven't read, Keisha recommended that was uh, White Fragility. Actually, it was on my reading list uh, for a while on why it's so hard for white people to talk about racism. And then the one that I uh, have just worked through is called The Cross and the Lynching Tree. Um, and it is um, uh, about drawing parallels and understanding and, and theology, the study of God between um, the lynching tree and Christ on the cross and how that is empowering to African-Americans, uh, how that has given hope over the years to African-Americans um, in the reality of such a terrible, terrible, horrific um, act such as lynching. So those are some resources that people could maybe step out um, and do on their own. Um, but obviously, as we kind of are concluding here, loving your neighbor <laughs> um, relationship is best. So maybe just ending on that question, um, what what do you think as Jesus followers we need to be doing on this topic? You already said it. Love thy neighbor as thyself. It's it's a lot harder than you think to do, you know, especially if that neighbor looks different than you. 
you know, or, you know, their way of life is just completely different than you. It's just getting to know that neighbor and opening your your doors, opening your heart to that individual, you know, as Jesus did for us, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but just being open to that. And it's small steps, you know. A hi is good, you know. Sure. What's your name, you know. Sure. And that, that starts it. And then you All just right. got to keep going. I always say get comfortable being uncomfortable. Sure. Um, because it's it's hard to for people to get past that uncomfortable state. But if you once you get comfortable being uncomfortable, it's kind of like, what else can I do? What else can I learn? Right. You know, um, you just feel like I, I, you just become more open and more loving. Right, right. And I think for for maybe those of us who have grown up with implicit bias, have grown up with experiences where we distrust a particular group because of our past experience. The only way to counteract that is to build that relationship, is to build that trust, to realize and not categorize one group. Or I know I will say in religion, this happens all the time. One Christian does one bad thing, then all Christians are bad. And I'll say to my wife all the time, it's like, this person, they just made my job so much harder because mm-hmm. <laughs> that is not all Christians. Yeah. Um, in fact, I would argue that that is not Christian theology. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it less people will come to infuse because of what that person does, but you can't put us all together. Yeah. Um, that's not necessarily, uh, that's not fair. Um, that's not loving. Yeah. So, DJ, any other thoughts on uh, Jesus follower? What um, supposed to be doing? I'll, I think, I see the Bible more like a, did it's it's a conversation or I don't know what the right word is, but it's a it's about power, I think. Uh-huh. Where and you can correct me if I'm wrong here. <laughs> I know where you're going. Yeah, um, go ahead. Yeah. But I think uh, we listen to the same podcast on the same topic, so yes. I think from the beginning, you know, like what did God say? You know, let us make man, you know, let give him dominion to rule. You mm. know, God is sharing power. Sure. You know, and then what does man do with it? Mm. Man takes it like you can be like God. You yeah. Know? Then they want to take that power for themselves. Right. And and that's the whole story all the way through. Mm. You get to Jesus and what does Jesus do? Jesus says, you know, I lay down my life. Mm. You know, power that he has. He can choose not to, but he lays down his life. And then the, those that follow Jesus, you know, you have... uh what was the first one? Stephen? Was it Stephen? First martyr or the first person to be killed. Okay. Or oh, James. Oh, martyred. Yeah, yeah. 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 Stephen, Sonia, Stephen. So you okay, have yep. Stephen and James and, yeah. you know, Paul. The, the whole thing is I'm laying down my life. Mm-hmm. You know, I can, I, can choose, and I can have the power, but then I, that's not how power is supposed to be wielded, mm-hmm. you know? So if you have the power... What do you do with it as a Christian that you're following Jesus? You right. lay down your power. You know, you lay down and share. Share that power with people. Right. You know, leave. That's if I'm following as a Jesus follower, if I want to be like Jesus, I'm I'm not going to say, oh, I'm trying to keep my heritage or I'm trying to fight for my rights. You know, the way that Jesus taught us to leave was to lay down your life. Mm. So that's the way, That's what I would encourage. If you really want to be a Christian. Right. If we really want to be a Jesus follower, then don't be scared about right. losing right. your rights or yeah. losing your heritage or losing that, but sharing it, mm. you know, laying down your life. Sure. Well, I appreciate 
your both your time and your willingness to talk about this. And I hope that um, it was, I know it was insightful for me. This has been insightful for me. And I hope that those who are listening um, have found it insightful and are leaving this conversation not more angry, <laughs> not more uh, objective um, uh, to these ideas, but more open to be quick to listen and, and slow to speak and love thy neighbor. So thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. If you would now take this moment to pray with me. Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, we know that there are many reasons to find differences between one another. But Lord, my prayer is that in the midst of those reasons, those temptations, that we would remember that to you, we are all your children. We are all sons and daughters. We are all brothers and sisters in Christ. With that as our heart, with that as our focus, Lord, would you help us to move forward in understanding in being quick to listen and slow to speak in our willingness to have conversations that may make us a little uncomfortable, to ask questions that may make us a little uncomfortable. Not to just say that we did or to check a box, but because we care. Because you loved us and therefore we love and should love one another. We should do this because we are your children. And we should seek to understand and listen to others as an extension of love. Lord, you are so patient with us. Your love is described as being patient and kind and not prideful and not boastful. And so, Lord, let that be the love that we show to each other so that we can be better neighbors and friends and family members. Lord, do not let our hearts and our minds shy away from what we learned here today, what we heard here today, but to focus on how we can grow and change, and to be better followers of your son, Jesus, because of it. Help the dialogue, the discussion, not to stop here, but to continue. Help us to seek new insights and new perspectives. Give us the strength and the wisdom, Lord, to do that. In your name I pray, amen. Listen, I really encourage you, if you haven't already Googled it, sitting at home, uh, to look up those resources.